I'm Michael Beck, the host of the Mike the Mike podcast. If you've been following along with me, it's great to have you back here again. And if you're listening in for the first time, welcome. This is a place to talk about the arts as well as personal well-being. Sometimes I'll talk more about art, while other times I'll talk more about mental and physical health. But regardless of the topic, I hope to encourage greater openness and understanding as I seek to better understand myself and the things and people around me. If you've heard the title or description for this episode, then you'll know that I'll be sharing a conversation that I had with Connor Hope. For the readers, you can find a revised version of my discussion with Connor on my blog taken from his responses, which I had received from him. But this recording is the candid and extended version of our conversation. I don't believe there's uh, too much introduction needed, so I'll try to keep it short. But for a slight bit of background and context before I get into the episode, I should note the events which led up to our discussion. Connor and I quite simply connected over Instagram. I don't know him in real life. We've not known each other prior. With my Instagram account dedicated to the podcast, I was putting out a sort of net following accounts in which I had some interest in seeing their posts, as well as trying to connect with people. A lot of people just didn't seem interested in making any sort of personal connection. Some people are busy or make themselves very busy. They're trying to build their business or their audience, but they're not interested in being social and making friends. However, some would follow me back. Sometimes that would be as far as it would go. You know, the same as trying to build relationships with people IRL. There are different kinds of relationships, and some of them are closer than others. Connor Hope is one individual who I followed. I had stumbled across his account and was like, seems like a really cool guy, and I appreciate how he's using his account to chronicle about the chronic health issues which he experiences. So I followed him, and I was grateful that he followed me back. Generally, the next step for me after someone has followed me is to send a message in the DMs to give my thanks and to say that I appreciate connecting with them. And so that's what I did, and he then replied back to my message, which I really appreciated. I understood that with his health challenges that he had his limitations, but at that point I felt like we were no longer strangers. We had made a connection. I know that oftentimes we can speak about social media in a disparaging way, focusing more on the negatives. However, the good is there, and uh, this is one of those times that I'm reminded not to be mistaken about that. Social media is something that Connor and I will talk about a little bit later on in our conversation. But for now, let's go ahead and get into the episode. How's it going? Oh, yeah. 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 Not too bad. Thanks. Yeah. Um, How's it bad? It's, yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's actually 11 here. And, but yeah, it's like, like four there. So you can like probably like have like dinner uh, shortly yeah, after I, this. Or? Yeah. Yeah. Not, we're quite a way ahead, I think. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. All right, cool. We'll try to keep this within time, not to, you know, not to hold you up, keep you from your, your dinner. Yeah, why don't you go ahead and uh, introduce yourself for those listening, just let them know who we're talking to. Yeah. Um, hi, everyone. I'm, I'm Connor. I'm 27, and I live in the southeast of the UK. Um, it was actually about 10 years ago now that I was uh, studying for a degree in biology. Um, and yeah, became quite ill with um, severe ME, CFS, and uh, also fibromyalgia. And yeah, ended up bedbound for quite a long time. And uh, I'm I'm sort of now just in the the early stages of recovery, which is is great for me. So um, yeah, I think we'll probably be talking a little bit more in detail about the whole journey uh, in a bit. 
Yeah, yeah. Thanks for sharing. I'd love to hear more about uh, some of your other hobbies as well. Maybe that'll come up in conversation. Um, yeah. Into, into like botany and uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, into plants, growing plants, um, growing stuff to eat. Um, and uh, yeah, I think that's it's been one of the uh, one of the major things that's helped me through actually as well. So very cool. Yeah, thanks. Thanks so much again for your willingness to to join me on the podcast. I I just feel really honored and privileged that you would you know share a discussion with me and uh, be part of this like health and support series that I just started trying to do. This is going to be the second episode um, in that, and yeah, it came as a, a pleasant surprise because uh, I guess initially I had you know sent you couple of questions to the Instagram DMs and you had given me uh, your written responses with that. I was prepared to, you know, share those questions and responses just by myself, which, you know, would have been great mm-hmm. in of itself. But, uh, you know, even better, I think that uh, we can just, you know, talk this way and, uh, you know, can hear, you know, from your own lips. And so, yeah, as I share with you that I'm going to be kind of trying to follow those uh, those questions a bit. Um, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, again, we'll just appreciate uh getting to hear your voice and I'm sure the listeners will, will appreciate that as well. But yeah, to kind of uh, start off the conversation a little bit uh, like unrelated uh, to, to the questions I'd asked you initially, but um, just something that I found interesting um, maybe for you and for the listeners is um, yeah, for like the, uh, the podcast, Mike, the Mike, I was just kind of looking up the like the analytics of like the audience um, Yeah. And I don't really like to share like numbers and stuff because I don't don't think that's important. But I thought it was just really intriguing, sort of like yeah, you know, like what the audience was like and sort of the distribution of that. And so I was looking up uh, that on uh, Spotify Podcasters, which is the platform that I used to distribute the podcast. And so the breakdown is as follows. So it's I'm just going to interject here for a moment because I had said one of those percentages wrong on the recording. So those audience percentages are. male, 34% female, 1% not specified, and 0% non-binary. But from that, yes, it's pretty clear that the listenership is like predominantly male um, by like a significant margin. Um, And this honestly came as like a surprise to me just because from my own personal experience, I don't feel that I've gotten to see, you know, very many examples of men making themselves vulnerable and opening up to share the things in their life that could be seen as weaknesses or opening about, uh, you know, things that they're dealing with, you know, any sort of prevailing conditions such as mental illness or chronic illness. Um, so to have, you know, listenership that's a majority male feels very unexpected. <laughs> and, you know, cause yeah. I often share um, my experiences with, uh, you know, both of those things and just other uh, weaknesses and vulnerabilities um, of mine. And so, yeah, even like just discovering your Instagram, account in which you've been, you know, sharing pretty openly about your journey of recovery, uh, getting to connect with you. And then just yeah. the fact they're willing to join me on the podcast was uh, just a very pleasant surprise for me. But I just want to get your thoughts on that as well. Like, does any of that resonate with you? Um, you know, as a guy, like what's been your experience and observations? Yeah, no, I mean, firstly, yeah, great, great to be on. And uh, thanks for, you know, setting this up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, yeah, it's, uh, it, that's quite surprising. But um yeah, I think I find similar things. Actually, a lot of the people on Instagram that I connect with um, are actually usually female. So it's mm-hmm. it's interesting that um, yeah you found that, and it's it's great to be able to hopefully uh, share my story with with other other guys that um, yeah maybe don't hear as many voices um, uh, as often. But um, yeah, yeah, no, it'd be great to 
great to sort of share my story and hopefully it helps people um, come to understand it a bit better. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's good to hear like that. It's, uh, I figured it wasn't just me, but I didn't, you know, I didn't want to speak for you and anybody else. So yeah, it's, it's, it's good to hear that, um, you know, that, that resonates with you as well. But yeah, in spite of, uh, yeah, my perceptions, it's clear that, you know, there are men who are interested in, you know, these kinds of conversations about these subjects and perhaps even think about these things somewhat often um, mm. and, you know, would talk about them um, if perhaps they were given the opportunity and felt that they had people in their life, um, other men who they could feel safe discussing things with. So, yeah, perhaps our conversation could be a part of encouraging someone else to to be even a little bit uh, vulnerable yeah. about those um, those around them and particularly the men around them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, so let's let's get into it. Uh, you know, could you share a little bit about your story leading up uh, to your diagnosis? You know, when and how uh, yeah. the illness occurred. Yeah, sure. So um, for me, uh, yeah, like I said, it was, it was about uh, ten years ago actually. Now, so I, I was um, I was still in school. I was probably about sixteen, seventeen, um, and essentially the illness for me started off as just feeling pretty run down, um, mm -hmm. especially. Uh, you know, I was studying quite intensively at that point. And um, yeah, I just, I just, for me, it actually was um, more allergy symptoms that I started to notice. So mm. my throat was always sore, um, you know, runny nose, all that kind of stuff and, and feeling just pretty wiped out most of the time. Um, and it would, especially uh, exercise would trigger that as well. So maybe the day or two after I'd feel all of those symptoms flare up after, you know, exercising. Um, and I didn't really think that much of it at that point. Um, right. It just, yeah, I just kind of carried on going and mm -hmm. going to university um, where, yeah, essentially all of those things just got worse. So over time, smaller amounts of exercise were triggering the same kind of flare ups um, until I was, I was pretty limited physically um, in mm -hmm. what I could do. Um, luckily, throughout most of university, it didn't really affect my uh I guess like cognitive side of things. So I was okay. able to yeah. carry on doing that stuff, but um, it did get to a point where in my third year, well, my final year, um, just before my final exams actually, which was pretty devastating. Um, right. I just had this kind of really bad reaction and um, yeah, started experiencing sort of pain and in, in my head and up my spine, as well as all the usual symptoms like the fatigue and the allergy mm -hmm. stuff. Um, and yeah, at that point, um, I mean, I couldn't, it sounds kind of silly, but I couldn't read anymore. I couldn't, all of that kind of cognitive stuff mm -hmm. that I was having to do at university, I couldn't do it anymore because of the symptoms. Um, mm -hmm. So I had to pull out um, and move back home with my, with my parents, which uh, was, yeah, it was kind of hard to, hard to deal with that in, a, in and of itself. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, essentially I, I was at, home for about a year kind of housebound and um the the symptoms were just getting worse to the point where i think it was 2018 i ended up bed bound fully so i couldn't leave the bed um and i spent the best part of four years like that um and yeah i, I was very fortunate in that i did get a place at a specialist hospital um mm -hmm. in the north of england which deal with patients that have similar symptoms. Um, mm -hmm. So I spent six months there and um, they basically 
managed to help me get out of bed and start walking around again and going on, you know, short walks and engaging in activities. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I was, I was discharged, uh, just over a year ago now, and I've kind of continued on that recovery trajectory. Um, it doesn't mean that things are fully back to normal. Um, I still have symptoms all the time, but I'm, I'm starting to be able to live like a fairly normal life again, which is, mm-hmm. is great but uh yeah, but yeah that's amazing yeah that's kind of like my story really up to up to now yeah so you had the the initial symptoms and then you, you've already like mentioned it but like um just just yeah maybe like restate the diagnosis and then even like i'm curious like who gave you that like diagnosis like was that the center or was that you know another you know specialist or, or what was that like yeah um i mean the diagnosis was um I guess it was over an extended period of time. Um, I see. So it, it was more kind of, you know, I'd started looking into it more and maybe mm-hmm. doctors had kind of used the term. And um, yeah, it over time it was sort of clear what I had. And then when I was at the, the hospital, um, they kind of just addressed it as, you know, severe ME-CFS um, and fibromyalgia. So um, yeah, it, it, it wasn't sort of handed to me at one single point in time. Right. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. And then, yeah, one question is, um, is like, uh, could you like have like, could, could someone like, as far as you know, like have chronic fatigue, fatigue syndrome without ME or do those things like go together? Yeah. So I guess different people will probably have different opinions on this. Um, for me, I kind of use them interchangeably, like the terms mm-hmm. ME and, right. and chronic fatigue syndrome, but, um, I know that some people don't like to do that. Um, so it does vary with with who you talk to, really. Okay, that makes sense. And then, uh, what what does like do you know like what does ME like stand for? Uh, it's myalgic encephalomyelitis, which is a bit of a mouthful. It is, uh, yeah. I think it's. I think uh, medically it means like inflammation of the uh, nerves or nervous system or something like that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It makes perfect sense that they they you know there's an acronym for it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I wouldn't want to say that every time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, perhaps, yeah, so it's, it's good to know that that wasn't sort of like a, like in one moment that you kind of were just like given uh, the diagnosis. I don't know if there was kind of like any sort of like main moment where like the realizations of like all this kind of news kind of hit you. But uh, yeah, it seems like maybe a bit of a silly question. I know I'd asked you before as well, um, but just as someone who's like, doesn't feel like I have like a clear diagnosis. I feel like I have to just ask like, what was it like to, you know, receive this news and feel like this is like definitely like this is what's going on. This is what I have. Yeah, I, I mean, it's kind of bittersweet. I think a lot of people who have similar symptoms actually kind of crave someone telling them, you know, you have this illness because obviously, once you can kind of identify the problem, then you mm-hmm. can potentially get treatment, things like that. Um, so I, th- I think there's a sense of relief in, in, yeah, in just knowing that actually, yeah, people do experience these symptoms and this is what it's called. Um, but then again, I guess obviously it's not great in the sense that it's never going to be great kind of hearing that you've got a certain illness. Um, right. And also I think they, they still don't really understand exactly what causes these, these illnesses. So it's not, Mm -hmm. you're not really moving that much closer to finding a solution. Um, so yeah, it, it's a bit of a mix really. Yeah, yeah, totally. That, that makes sense. Um, yeah, a bit of like mixed emotions. It's not going to be 
you know, all happy or sad feelings. Yeah. Yeah. As, as most things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, maybe uh, share, you know, some of the things that uh, you would ask people, uh, you know, that they would maybe not do uh, to support you. Yeah, sure. Um, there's, I mean, there's quite a specific um, point actually where when I was bed bound, um, I had I had some nurses coming in that would just sort of help me with like food and things like that. Um, and I remember one of them saying, uh, I wish I could stay in bed all day. And <laughs> yeah, it's obviously I, I don't think they meant anything by it. But for someone yeah. who is completely confined to bed for the years of their life, like mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of devastating to hear that. Um, so I guess more broadly, you know, when it, it's difficult because a lot of the time people are trying to help you out or they're trying to they're trying to be nice to you. Um, another example is when someone says, oh, the weather's terrible. You wouldn't want to be outside anyway. Um, oh, yeah. And it's like, I know that they're trying to be nice, but I would love to be anywhere else but in bed, you know. Right. So, um, so, yeah, I think it'd be nice if people maybe not do that. But it's again they always mean it in a, in a good sort of way um sure so yeah i think um that's definitely uh one of the major things um i think also just when a lot of the time when you're ill it kind of puts a strain on like family and friends and um the kind of whole social aspect of it and sometimes i'd have to decline going places or you know seeing sure. people because of the symptoms. Um, so it's just wanting people not to take that as me saying, I don't want to do these things with you. I don't want to go out. Um, it's just that obviously when we have these illnesses, we have to kind of manage that and, and not do too much. And, um, so yeah, I think just hopefully people can kind of understand that if I have to decline something, it doesn't mean that I don't want to, don't want to do it. It's just trying to deal with the symptoms. Sure. Yeah. Appreciate your sharing. Yeah. I think it's, it's like good to have sort of that perspective that most people are like pretty like well-meaning and trying to like help us out. But I guess with that, hopefully with maybe a bit more like awareness or, you know, someone happens to like listen to this, we'll be able to like, you know, maybe encounter, you know, someone with a similar or, you know, a different condition and, and be able to like think before they speak, you know? And yeah. so if they, if they are trying to like help, you know, what's sort of the best way to help, you know? So yeah, again, thank you for uh, sharing those things. Cause yeah, I mean, I think when you're going through it, it can just feel incredibly insensitive, right? Yeah, it can. And it, it's difficult because yeah, like you said, most of the time people are meaning well, but um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, with that, maybe on a, a bit more of a, a positive note, what are some things that you would ask that people would do to support you? Mm-hmm. Or maybe some things that people have um, already done that you've, you know, found helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, um, I think one of the main things, and I'm quite lucky in this, this respect because my family and, and friends have kind of always been there by my side. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, that's just kind of being with me throughout the illness, um, especially when it comes to, uh, talking to doctors and, um, trying to organize all of these different things when you're incredibly ill, it, you already feel isolated and it, it's already quite a lot of energy just coping with the day-to-day stuff. So um, having people there just to, you know, be there with you when you're talking to the doctor or um, those kind of things, I think it's incredibly important. Um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, like I said, I'm, I'm super lucky in that respect because uh, my family, friends and my partner have always been there. So um, 
yeah, that's definitely something that's helped. Um, it's just the people around me. And I guess similar to that, um, it's having people that can kind of help you keep that hope alive that things can get better. So mm-hmm. I think maybe it's it's a little bit unrealistic to to kind of just think that or hope that, you know, all your symptoms are going to disappear overnight. But mm-hmm. I think keeping that, yeah, keeping that hope alive that actually things can get better than they are now. Um, I think that's like super important and it's definitely helped me holding on to, you know, that idea that I will be in a better place in the future. There might be ups and downs along the way, but things can get better. Um, Mm. that's definitely something that's helped me. Yeah. So yeah, there's those two. And then, um, I guess it's probably, I probably talked a little bit about it already, but, um, Another thing that helps is just having people understand that I'm trying to give my best, you know, I'm trying to give my hundred percent in different situations. And I guess it's, it's difficult because from the outside, it doesn't look like that. Um, it's, it's quite easy to see someone laying in bed and just think, oh, just, you know, being chilled out and having a nice rest. And that was never the case. It was always a struggle, um, you know, dealing Mm -hmm. with the pain or the fatigue um so having people that can understand that and know that actually he's really trying or you know she's really trying or you know whoever it is i think that's like super important because it just yeah i guess it doesn't doesn't negatively impact just kind of self self self-esteem um right so yeah I, i guess those three things um just having people there keeping that hope alive and then um just having people understand the illness really i think yeah absolutely yeah i think i know for like for me personally yeah it's, it's definitely feels like really important to have people who like realize and acknowledge like you know that even if i'm maybe not measuring up to like their standards like i'm mm-hmm. i'm like working really hard like you know yeah. to either meet them or get like even close to meeting them so having people who like acknowledge like hey like you're doing your best um can can really like even just um yeah just can <laughs> like feel relaxed you don't, you don't yeah feel, you don't feel like a, an outward pressure like someone's expecting something of you because they know that you're already trying to you know you're already giving your all exactly yeah and and with that I, I wonder if maybe you could give maybe some uh maybe like specific examples of how uh, those around you have like help to like give you some hope um like what does that look like because i think that um yeah be good to like hear some you know like what that means for you because i think that's sort of on maybe like a flip side like um i think that there can be like maybe a bit of like i don't know what's referred to as like toxic positivity or like oh you just need to be like more grateful or you know yeah so yeah Yeah. what does that look like for you yeah i think uh, i think the main thing for me was um when people would help me kind of explore potential options for the future. So yeah, yeah, I think having someone by you that that is looking into different, maybe different treatments or, you know, different, different routes that you could go down. um, I think that's, that's really helpful because it firstly shows that they believe that things could get better with the right treatment. Mm -hmm. Um, And obviously in, in like a quite a practical way, I was kind of unable to do any of that myself. Like I couldn't right. really delve into, you know, all the different options. So 
having someone there to really do that for me was was really really helpful definitely yeah thanks for sharing that and i i think that definitely like my own experience like uh uh just like having like the mindset that there's like options and knowing that there's options available like really can kind of like shake up the kind of like the stuck and stagnant mindset of like you know uh you know things aren't going to change or like things are kind of going to be the way that they are but just knowing that like there are different pathways forward and even the fact that you know you have like some autonomy you know to be able to like choose you know is can be yeah again really really uh change like the give a more i guess yeah maybe that relaxed mindset you know yeah definitely i think uh something that something that i've kind of come to accept is that maybe at this current point in time i can't see like a potential way out but mm-hmm. doors can open you know things can happen unexpectedly and you can find right. something and really make a difference so I, I even when i'm going through a flare-up I, I just try and think maybe i don't have the answers right now but they're probably out there somewhere you know it's just it's just a matter of keep going and hopefully right yeah absolutely and then let me see this might be a bit of a um a bit of a, a redundant question of like what you've already touched on but um maybe if there's something uh in addition but yeah by chances that do you have any you know suggested uh resources um you know just for myself or others um you know who are interested in learning a bit more about uh me and chronic fatigue syndrome and fibromyalgia mm. yeah i mean um i mean i'm not too sure about resources that are kind of international but mm-hmm. within at least within the uk i mean the the nhs and national health service do have quite a lot of info on the website that it does touch on all of these different illnesses and what they can mean um but there are quite a few different associations i think me me association um and i think there's action for me as well um mm-hmm. the fibromyalgia side i haven't looked into too many resources i'm afraid but um, yeah, there would definitely be some out there. Yeah, it's for sure. Just, yeah, um, cool. Yeah, it's just uh, I think that it's um, yeah, it can be helpful. Like, give some like uh, specific places for people to go because I think that sometimes like there's already like a reluctancy to like do the research. Um, you know, so you can like be like, hey, like here's a specific place you can go that can kind of help to like you know give someone a nudge and point them in the right direction. So yeah, appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, no worries. If you made it thus far, I trust that this conversation has been of some value to you. And if my assumption is not incorrect and you would like to show your appreciation, I invite you to share this episode with a friend or loved one who you think might appreciate it as well. Virtually any way that you can interact with the podcast, rather it be to like and or comment on one of my posts or to share it or even save it. All of these are seemingly small things, uh, but that you can do to support the work that I do. And if you have the means and would like to show your appreciation through a donation or would like to buy me a coffee, you're welcome to visit mikethemike.wordpress.com forward slash support. And you can find this on my website in the episode description, as well as in the link in my bio of my Instagram. All right, now back to my conversation with Connor. I know that oftentimes we can speak a bit uh, um disparagingly about like social media or at least i know that i can just because it you know can feel like a bit of a a double-edged sword like it's 
mm-hmm. kind of as bad as it is good, you know, can often hold more power, um, you know, over us than we have over it. Um, but there is good. And so, um, you know, do you have any thoughts on how your experience has been with Instagram and social media in general for better or worse? Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it seems like it's been overall pretty positive for you. Um, but yeah, I'd like to hear just both sides for you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I think, yeah, like you said, it, it's been overwhelmingly positive for me. Um, yeah. And through, I mean, through Instagram in, in particular, I've, uh, yeah, I've met some really great people and, and um, it is great to connect with others. And overall, everyone's been incredibly nice and helpful and supportive. And, and that's that's really amazing, especially when you're able to, you know, maybe post something about a new activity you're able to do or you know moving forward with your recovery and, and feeling all of that support and obviously on the flip side as well having on those days where things aren't so great having people that are there for you it's it's a really great thing um yeah, yeah i mean there there have been a few you know cases where someone's not really been very very pleasant um yeah. but usually it's just a case that they don't really understand what's going on and right. i think you know they're being people on Facebook that have, have said, you know, just uh, I would, I'll just get out of bed and get on with things, and you know, things <sighs> like that. Which is, mm-hmm. I mean, it would be really easy to take that in a in a really bad way. Um, mm-hmm. And I definitely did it first, and and then I actually sort of messaged the guy and was like, do you know, do you, do you understand that? Like, I, I'd really love to be able to to do these mm-hmm. things, and you know, be a, a sort of functioning part of society again. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he kind of, he kind of, we came to a bit of an understanding. So I think it's, it's just a case of like people not quite uh, understanding exactly what you're going through. Um, right. So yeah, but, but overall, you know, it's, it's been amazing being able to share my journey so far with everyone. Yeah, that's great. Is there, I guess, anything that you could maybe attribute to like part of your, um, you know, positive experience, like anything in particular that you're doing or maybe not doing like, maybe the time that you're like giving to it or, um, yeah, I, I mean, probably just being quite open about everything and, and yeah, I, I think maybe people could make posts that might polarize, uh, the audience, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think for me, I try to try to keep it fairly balanced and yeah. you'll always have people that don't quite, you know, accept how you do things or, Things like that but uh yeah just being pretty open i think is, is probably the only real thing that i could attribute to yeah it being a positive experience yeah yeah definitely yeah it's interesting you say that uh being open i think yeah even from my experience like being more open has been overall like a really positive thing is kind of like seems like is like sort of like drawn in i guess the the right people um mm. which i think is maybe different than maybe some people expect because I've heard some people talk about maybe particularly some people are just like, Oh, I'm not going to use social media at all. And I can totally respect that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they kind of like, they think it's like strange that people would like put so much out there. Um, they find that a bit of a peculiar thing. So yeah, I think it's interesting mm-hmm. to just, yeah. Cause from like your experiences, like mine as well, it seems like, um, yeah, there is like a little bit of like you get, uh, out of it, like what you put into it. I think part of that is just like, uh, just creating like a space of like just being honest and being real. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And yeah, like you said, it's people 
generally respond quite well to that, um, at least for, in my experience. So, yeah. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's great. Also, they were able to, um, when you did have someone who kind of commented in a way that was, you know, was <laughs> less than to be desired that you were able to like, uh, like reach out to them. I think it probably would have been easy to just kind of like simply like let it go, but I'm glad that you're able to like, uh, mm. kind of confront them on that. And that sounds like you were able to come to a greater understanding. That's, that's really great. Yeah. I, I think I, I probably had like a reply type out that wasn't quite as considerate and understanding. And uh -huh. I guess, yeah, at that point I was like deleted it and, you know, thought actually that's probably not going to get through to them. <laughs> it's, it's better to actually just be quite open with them. So yeah. Yeah. It, it <laughs> yeah. I think that, yeah, it seems like in any kind of, uh, situation like that, yeah, it seems like you kind of, it, it creases the gears not to like be to, to be aggressive about it or to kind of put someone on the defensive, but just to kind of try to be like, Hey, like, um, this is my perspective on things and maybe you might've missed that. So let me try to like, just like yeah. put that out there. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And then let's see here. I, you know, I understand that. Uh, yeah. I mean, you've talked about, uh, uh, staying hopeful about your illness and recovery, um, it has been really important uh, for you personally, but, uh, you know, is that, um, you know, is there anything else, again, maybe a bit of a redundant question, but is there anything else that you would like, maybe want to like pass on, um, you know, to others, you know, dealing with a, you know, similar or, or the same um, condition that you have? Yeah. Um, I think so in terms of things that have really helped me that hopefully could maybe help other people, um, I guess I, sh I should always kind of clarify that um i was quite lucky to go into hospital for the six months and have <laughs> a very holistic kind of treatment if you like which was a combination of medicine um you know physio and social engagement all those kind of things lumped together um yeah. so when if i'm talking about something that helped me out um it's always good for people to have in mind that actually that was probably just one part of you know the bigger picture um so but yeah i mean there there are a few things that have really helped me that i think could help other people um one of the things is distraction and um i guess what i mean by it is distraction within your capability so you're not mm -hmm. pushing yourself you're not you know doing something that your body can't do um but basically just engaging in something that's quite enjoyable you know, quite lighthearted and something yeah. that just keeps your mind outside the space of the illness that you're in. Um, because I think especially like when I was fully bedbound and in quite a lot of pain all day, your mind is just constantly in that space and it is constantly thinking about it and worrying about the symptoms. And mm -hmm. I think probably that isn't really healthy for the nervous system. I think it it's kind of like a, a feedback cycle um you know the more that you do that the more that your nervous system is on edge and your body's tense and the symptoms kind of get worse so i think for me having something that is really kind of enjoyable and something interesting that you're you know really interested in um is a great thing and yeah i think yeah it, it does need to be on the level that your body can cope with so an example that i always like to give is with 
when I was fully bed bound, I had at the end of my bed loads of different house plants that I would care for and water, and mm-hmm. it was achievable. It was something that wasn't outside of my capability, right? But it was it was you know something that I was interested in and I enjoyed, and it just gave my brain a rest. Basically, it was just yeah. letting it you know enjoy something. Um, and as you go through recovery. Um, those distractions sort of become bigger and, you know, for a more extended period of time. Um, but yeah, I really think it's been a pillar of my recovery is just being quite, quite focused on things that I enjoy. Um, and it sounds quite, it sounds quite, um, quite strange when someone says, just try to do things that you enjoy, because it sounds, I don't know, it sounds kind of obvious, but yeah, but at the same time, yeah, I think that's probably only a good thing for your nervous system to just engage in things that you, you know, passionate about or interested in. Um, yeah, I mean, may- maybe to to some obvious, but at the same time, maybe quite counterintuitive. Um, hmm. I think it takes, um, I don't know, some kind of like different perspective to like, you know, allow yourself or give yourself permission to to do those things. Um, Cause, cause yeah, I think it'd been like really, and I know I, I, uh, you had mentioned before, like prior to, um, sort of the onset of like your diagnosis, like you had been pretty like, you know, kind of like seemed like you kind of been like going and going and fast pace. And so, mm. um, I don't know if you, how much you were giving yourself permission then to, you know, to enjoy things. But, um, I think that it's like for all of us, really, we're like dealing with like, uh, you know, some sort of illness or not. I think that it's like. You know, I, I don't know what's like there in like the UK, maybe quite similar, but here in like the States, like at least where I live, it seems like there can be just kind of like a workaholic mentality where it's like yeah. you're kind of like your uh, your life is like defined by your work. And so you kind of need to just like keep going, keep pushing and then don't want to like give yourself permission to actually do those things that enjoy that would maybe give you the rest um, and the perspective necessarily to actually go back and work you know, even more productively. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It was actually, um, I think my therapist when I was in hospital would, would talk about that a lot and just sort of say, it's okay not to be, you know, top achieving, uh, mm-hmm. in whatever field you're interested in, like, it's okay to give yourself time off. And I think prior to my illness, I really didn't do much of that because I was always so focused on like, you know, getting where I wanted to be in a career and education, I didn't really give myself a break. And it's definitely something that I've come away from the illness now, knowing that you just got to let yourself have a bit of time off and enjoy, enjoy stuff. And it's okay if you're not um, working all the time, basically. So yeah, that's basically what you said. Yeah. Mm. And certainly, um, you know, as we've discussed, like all we've been going through bed down and everything is like, uh, by no means been like any sort of break, you know, or anything, but I guess with your, maybe giving yourself some more time, uh, to try and, and I'm sure at times it was like an effort to, you know, to, um, try to do some things that you enjoy, um, to find those distractions, but have you been able to find some things, um, that maybe you weren't aware of before that you've like come to like realize that, that you like now enjoy? Yeah, I mean, um, 
I when I was in hospital, I, I did start painting actually, which is something mm. that it's it. I guess I enjoyed it, but I always had a feeling of like this isn't a productive thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I guess I let myself just go. Do you know what? Who cares? It's just just go with it, and I think that that was quite nice. Um, and then I've continued. Um, being sort of interested in plants and horticulture and growing stuff. And, you know, that's been a super important um, pillar of, of my recovery. So yeah. 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 Yeah, I love that. That you gave yourself mission to, to do some painting and to do something that, um, that doesn't really feel like it's, I don't know, constructive at all. Like, I think that's something that's been, something that I've continued to like learn and something that's been important for me is to like have things um, that like they, they seem like seemingly unconstructive at all, but in a way like having that distraction, finding that rest uh, makes it very, you know, uh, helpful and important. Yeah, definitely. No. Um, there was, I guess, one other thing that I, I thought kind of helped me um during my recovery and um it's i guess people differ on their opinions of it um and understanding of it but um it's essentially just why what i would call pacing basically just means just trying to balance you know how much i'm doing and uh, my energy levels and my pain Mm -hmm. level things like that and you know just trying to make sure that i don't you know just I don't know, when I was bed bound, if I had just got up and walked down the road or something like that, it would have been kind of a very bad idea because of the flare up that it would have caused. And I think you've just got to be able to manage your your energy. Um, And over time, it's meant that I'm just gently increasing my activity. Nothing crazy. I'm not just suddenly doing a load of extra stuff, but it's just like over time, really, really gently, just being consistent with it. and increasing stuff and i i think um yeah i think that's been a major part of my recovery um yeah just gently pushing forward with the with the activity levels and um yeah i i think it's it's kind of helped get get me to where i am in terms of physical stuff anyway yeah absolutely i'm, I'm glad you mentioned up the balance that's something um that i was actually going to ask you brand because it's something you've talked about on your social media a number of times. That's something you've also talked mm-hmm. about um, on your YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that's like really resonated with me, just that that perspective and the idea of, you know, it's it's not just distracting yourself all the time, you know, yeah. as if that were possible. And it's it's not also like just going, you know, going hard all the time either. It's mm-hmm. it's that balance that allows you to to make that slow, steady progress rather than, uh, you know, just being, you know, stagnant or burning yourself out. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I think actually that's, it's kind of a metaphor for the, for, for the illness in general. I think it's prior to being ill, I was, I was pushing, pushing, pushing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when I started to, the symptoms started to get too much, I kind of just for a bit fully listened to my body and, I didn't do anything and, and that quickly got me bed bound, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it was basically, you've got to find some middle ground. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, that was what worked for me. 
Um, I, I do hear people that, you know, they just kind of, they're bed bound for, I don't know, a few months or something and they kind of like sleep it off and then they're fine again. But for me doing completely nothing didn't work, but also you can't just push, push, push ahead. You've, you've got to find some sort of middle ground where your body's like allowing you to keep, keep making those small, um, incremental increases in activity. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I really hope that that's like something that, uh, more people just like be made aware of and that'd be maybe something that could like, uh, you know, creep into like just our culture and society more is this idea of like actually like listening to our bodies and trying Mm -hmm. to find that balance. I think that it's like unfortunate that it seems like for some of us, like we have to have an illness, you know, onset of illness to kind of like realize how like that we need to like listen to our bodies that balance matters. But I think that for so many, they've kind of just fallen asleep. to to it they just don't they can't hear you know what their body is trying to tell them and yeah, yeah it's like every like we all need balance um you know whether we're healthy or not healthy like wherever situation we're in but um it's like when you're you know maybe more healthy you know quote unquote more healthy um it's like you can just get away with you know not having that balance and not listening to your body but i feel like you know in one way or another it's there's a cost involved you know, it will kind of catch up to you in some way. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Mm. Mm. Um, yeah, maybe getting just touching a bit more on some of uh, of those those distractions and things that you you enjoy. Um, do you, do you kind of know like kind of how you got turned on to uh, to plants and, and botany? Like, is there I don't know a particular moment that maybe was there someone like kind of introduced you to that or like, what was that like? Um, I think, I think I've always been interested in, um, biology sort of throughout school and, um, quickly realized for some reason that I kind of preferred plant biology over other, you know, human or anything else. Um, and yeah, in my, in my degree, I did kind of specialize in plant biology. So that was always a main major thing for me, but, it's kind of ironically, I, I hadn't really grown plants. I hadn't really been yeah. kind of hands-on with it. You know, I hadn't sort of done much sort of horticulture or, you know, growing growing things. Um, so I think that's something that's really come about from going through the illness and mm-hmm. realizing how much of a positive impact it seems to have on me, just mm-hmm. kind of being outside and being around plants. And I think probably it, it probably would for most people to some degree, you know, just being yeah. innate. Um, so yeah, it, it was sort of a gradual thing, but, um, but yeah, definitely something that's helped me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think it's, yeah. I, I, for me personally, like being out in nature has been like incredibly helpful. And I think there are certainly like studies to back up that being in nature is, is a positive thing. Um, and I understand like based on people's like backgrounds and, um, just kind of their situation, it can be like harder, um, or not feel as kind of instinctual to get out of nature. So I definitely like try to be like mindful of that, but yeah, I definitely, I would like, that's something that I would like to encourage people more is just cause it, it's been so helpful me, not, you know, for others as well to just be like, Hey, like maybe, you know, you don't spend, you know, hours outside. Um, you know, maybe you don't do like rigorous activity. You know, I don't know like what it's gonna like look like for someone to to get outside, but just to 
just the simple fact of like getting outside doing, you know, whether you're sitting or anything um, versus just being, you know, cooped up inside all the time. Um, yeah. You know, I think that can be immensely beneficial. Yeah. Yeah. I, th I think it, um, I think it does also just give us perspective a little bit. Um, right. I know there's, there's certainly times when I walk out into the back garden and just look up at the night sky and just for a brief minute, you kind of, it gives you perspective about everything in life. And, um, yeah, I, I think just makes, makes you realize that all of our kind of human troubles, um, they may be not so important in the grand <laughs> scheme of things. Um, yeah. but yeah, yeah. I think, I think nature has a good way of kind of humbling us and, and giving us perspective. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad you mentioned that. Yeah. I think that's definitely, yeah, that's definitely been a big thing for me is like something about getting outside helps me to kind of get outside of my head in a way. Yeah. 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 And just to, yeah, just to see things just kind of continuing on and kind of doing, you know, nature being nature, like, you know, the, the birds and all the other like little creatures, like they're not, uh, they're not really concerned or bothered by, you know, my personal concerns or even sort of the more uh, cultural concerns. They're just, you know, they're just, they're just mm. you know, living, living their bird life or whatever is doing their, you know, things. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I suppose even, you know, uh, plants as well, though, it's maybe not to quite as visually active, like sort of they, they, yeah. they know they're, they're living as well and they're, they're, you know, like I'm sure there's like perspective to be gleaned from, from even the plants as well. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Uh, cool. Yeah, I, so you've kind of uh, here and there sort of touched on sort of your um, your recovery and the fact that you're no longer bed bound, which is amazing. Um, mm -hmm. But would you maybe kind of just catch people up a little bit? Because I know you've kind of again, you know, on your social media and on YouTube, you've you've been kind of giving updates on sort of like where you're at now, but. Um, for those like tuning in, maybe kind of just let them know kind of presently like, what's kind of your situation like, what do you got going on? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so, I mean, I'm still living at home with my parents, so that, yeah. that hasn't changed yet, but no shame in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, so, um, I am, I'm managing to do some volunteering, um, throughout the week. So probably sort of six or seven hours in total volunteering um and that's just um at sort of that's basically gardening it is yeah there's a community gardens and then there's like a an english heritage gardens that i'm volunteering at as well um so that's been really nice um i'm also able to go to the gym a couple of times a week um okay. i mean it's it's fairly light you know it's it's not anything crazy but um but that's that's been really good um mm -hmm. and uh yeah then just trying to think what else i do <laughs> sorry so like uh, when you go to the gym is that just like getting on the treadmill like what does that kind of like look like uh it, it's more like um strength stuff so not not necessarily weights but like body weight stuff some like pull-ups okay. and uh, push-ups and things like that i mean when i was at university i was pushing myself quite a lot in that respect so i was like really trying to you know gain muscle and things like that um, and I think that, that probably didn't help my overall situation because I was constantly like pushing myself forward and my body was not in a you know in a brilliant place to kind of do that stuff yeah 
Um, but yeah, no, just just some bodyweight exercises and stuff like that. And like I was saying about the, the whole pacing thing, that's uh, I'm building that up in a very very gradual way, and you know, consistently doing increasing by small amounts. Um, but uh, so yeah, that's that's sort of the stuff at the gym. Um, and I've I've done like a few kind of I don't know a few hour gardening jobs for a few different people. So. Um, earning like a little bit of money like occasionally um but yeah i mean i'm in september i'm actually starting a, a horticultural course which is it's only part time it's i think it's like a day and a half a week um but i'm going to kind of use that as a stepping stone to then either get back into work or get back into education yeah. so yeah that would be a great way for me to you know continue building up my strength and um yeah you know get back to living a fairly normal life um and then yeah in, in between those things i've i mean we've got two dogs so i, I walk the dogs mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. here's yeah, like a little bit of one of them now yeah, yeah. i was worried that that's going to come through actually. oh it's, it's no worries yeah <laughs> yeah it's because I've, I've locked her out my room because uh i didn't want to start barking so <laughs> yeah um, but uh but yeah and then um just a few other little kind of hobbies and stuff like um posted on instagram um started archery which is, is quite a cool thing because i've very, always very cool to... yeah i saw that yeah yeah so that's that's uh it's quite a new thing but um um yeah it's it's, it's just another way for me to be engaged in something else outside of the illness so mm-hmm. uh, yeah so that's that's sort of where i am at the minute um and you know i'm always looking ahead and, and hoping that things although it's always up and down like i still go through mm-hmm. sometimes quite prolonged flare-ups it, it can you know be several weeks to a month um where things feel a lot lot worse but um but the i guess the average is is always increasing so that's all yeah, yeah that's all what i'm ho- holding on to yeah well uh yeah thank you so much for for sharing that and and yeah i mean i think it's like yeah, it's again going back to like that balance. Like it's like it's good to be able to like present like where we're at and kind of accept, you know, you know, that we might be experiencing something for a prolonged period of time, but yeah, also at the same time, like keeping that hope um, you know, that we could discover something and uh, you know, things could improve, things could be differently, um, or even along the way that we could, you know, discover, you know, some 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 positive you know distractions that can turn into you know passions and hobbies and you know who knows uh where that can take us so yeah yeah exactly i think uh just being consistent with the small things can really add up because my entire recovery it's never been like uh, you know taking a medicine and then i'm i'm healed it's it's been it's been the accumulation of so so many tiny tiny little changes that Mm -hmm. it's help me get to where i am so yeah you know i think it's good for people to kind of know that that it's not an overnight thing and um but it can it can happen you know yeah yeah i love that well uh i guess as the last bit uh maybe um if you'd like let people know where they can uh you know find you and hear more of your story and recovery yeah sure so um my instagram is bedbound botany um which I know it's technically not true now because I'm not bed bound anymore, but yeah, yeah. I haven't got around to sort of wondering if I should change that yet. But uh, do you think you might or I think I might, but it's it's I wanna still encapsulate 
I don't know. I don't. I'm not sure what name, what name I'd go for. But yeah, I might change that in the future. Yeah. Um, and then uh, yeah, I, I do post occasionally on um, YouTube about my health, which is just my name, uh, Connor Hope. Um, so yeah, I just occasionally post updates and videos on there. But um, but yeah, I think mostly Instagram is where I keep people updated with stuff. Yeah. So uh, yeah, you know, it's it's great to interact with people there. Yeah, it's great. I'll definitely I'll be leaving those uh, in the description for the episode. Um, but like I said, it's been it's just really cool to uh, connect with you and to you know have you sharing and um, just to even though it's like different than like what I'm going through, like I, it still resonates and I still um, appreciate just your hope and just your perspective on your situation and just how it is. Like, yeah, I mean, I think I think regardless of like what we're going through, there's still an opportunity to to glean and to just gain a different perspective. Yeah. Yeah. No, thanks for having me on. And this, you know, it's really great that you're able to kind of share people's stories and, um, yeah. So keep doing what you do. Thank you. Cheers. Yeah. Cheers. Thank you for tuning into Mike the Mike. If you have any comments or have a suggested topic for a future episode, or if you would like to inquire about joining me on the podcast, you can email me at beckm.podcast at gmail.com or you can direct message me on Instagram at mikethemike.fm. You can find all those addresses mentioned, as well as any related links and citations for this episode listed in the episode's description. Until next time, stay well and take care.